we're all advocates. We're the backbone. We're the backbone of the nation. Show the rest of the world who aren't farmers what it is. What's it, what's it like on a farm? You know, what we do every day. We're feeding the world. It creates a healthy community. So, you know, eat local, buy local, support your local farmers. Welcome back to another episode of The Advocates. In today's episode, Daniel and Wade are joined by Meredith Bernard from North Carolina. Meredith, also known as This Farm Wife on social media, describes herself as a perfectly imperfect wife and a mama with a perfectly obnoxious laugh, pro photographer and hay raker, saved by grace and strong coffee. Meredith, how are things in North Carolina today? They are good. Dan, a good day. Dan, what about the panhandle? Well, been kind of busy today. Nice to sit down and enjoy some Dr. Pepper and then listen to a lady that uses more butter than I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, just cooked with some. Imagine that. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. A doctor so, may disagree. Uh, there it is. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, Meredith, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, for, for, the, for our listeners? Okay. Well, I'm Meredith Bernard. I live and work on a beef cattle operation in North Carolina, right on the Virginia line, but we're, we're stone throw from Virginia, but we're in North Carolina with my husband, Lawrence, and our two kids, Wesley, he's 11, and Austin, my gr- that's the girl, if you ask her. <laughs> If you if you tell her that it's a boy's name, she'll tell you you're wrong. Um, who is nine? <laughs> the first time I'm already telling stories. The first time she met a little boy named Austin, she came home and said, "Mom, I met this little boy and he had a girl name. His name's Austin." But yeah, <laughs> it was it was a family name. My mom's maiden name. That's why I named her that. But anyway, so we have beef cows and. We raise, um, raise our own hay, and we do a little bit of corn and a little bit of beans, really little bit. Just started that last year a little bit. And um, so, yeah, that's that's the day-to-day beef cattle farm. And I'm, I don't know. I wear several hats. Mom, farm wife, farmer. I started calling myself that in the past several years. Uh, I do some things online and a YouTube channel and do some writing and photography. I used to do that more than I do now, but professional photographer. I kind of own that hat now, too. So a little bit of everything. I've got my hands in a lot of things, but it keeps life interesting. Meredith, if we can, let's let's go back when you to when you came to the farm. Um, I think you kind of okay. have a, a unique story. Um, did you did did you come from an ag background growing up? I I say I came from a somewhat agriculture back, agricultural background, but not farming. So my mom and dad both worked um, inadvertently somewhat in agriculture. My dad was in horticulture at NC State. He was a weed science technician, and my mom worked for the Cooperative Extension Service. So I was kind of, you know, in the ag realm, I guess. I was exposed to that, but but definitely did not grow up on a farm. I married into a farm, so this whole lifestyle was completely new as far as living it and doing it. Um, I went to NC State and did animal science, so I got a little bit of a taste there, you know, working on... um, Working on the equine, at the equine union and doing some things through the school program, but as far as actual farm life, I was not raised in that. 
So you um, you mentioned that you 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 came back to your you're married into a farm. Um, have you always have you, have you and your husband always had the the farm partnership together? Yes. So my my husband was raised here, so this is all he's ever known and done. Uh, well, he did some backhoe work and stuff on the side, but he's always been on the farm. Um, so I've been here. I don't know, going on. 13, 14 years, something like that. So right out of college with my animal science degree, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I stayed on actually and worked part-time and got my master's in ag education. I thought maybe I was going to teach. And if I was going to teach, I was going to be maxed out on the pay scale. So um, I got my master's and I student taught in that last semester that I was student teaching I, I loved the program and I did very well in it, but um, there just weren't any positions open near me that I wanted to do. I, I wanted to teach animal science or biotech and there was nothing like that available. So I started looking elsewhere and um, a position came open, an opportunity came open for me to take a small sales position with a feed company, a very small feed company in North Carolina. And so I never thought that was something I wanted to do. I just kind of had this idea of sales as being something that was not in my repertoire. Like it was, you know, I just had this idea of the car salesman kind of thing. So, but after uh, looking into it and talking to the people, I decided to give it a go. And I worked for that company for two years and I really liked it. And then I got an opportunity to work for a larger regional feed company and went to work for them for 10 years. So for 10 years, I ran the road up and down to the tune of about 50,000 miles a year on my company truck and peddled feed. Uh, that wasn't all I did. It was it was a great job. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the interaction with the farmers and growers and getting to, to put on educational meetings. I did a lot of meetings and talked about nutrition a lot and trained store employees and it was great but then there just kind of came a day where I really I had two we had two small children and I just really started filling the pool to come home and that was very scary and it took two years of a lot of prayer and he and on about it and trying to decide if that was the right thing to do and with my husband's full support finally just bit the bullet and did it and that was gosh what year are we in 2020 six years ago so um I really haven't looked back I'm really it was the right thing for our family and even though it was hard and it was a hard decision to make and I, I gave up a lot of benefits and material things I guess you know it was uh, a lot of things that made life a little bit easier. I I don't regret it one minute. I know I'm where I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and this has just been another chapter, and it's been a good one so far. Uh, Meredith, you mentioned at NC State you, you wanted to be an ag teacher, um, teach some animal science stuff, and um, I know for myself myself also when I when I went to school at Texas Tech, I, I had a goal about what I wanted to do when I graduated, and things change around, life happens, um, and, and you go another path. Why mm-hmm. Why is it important for college kids to understand that just because you have a, a, a piece of paper on the wall that says you have a degree in a certain field, that, that you can go out and do other things in life? Oh, yeah, I think that's very true, and I try to, I'm trying to start having a conversation with my kids, even at this age, for them to understand that well, I do believe it's important to have an education of some sort. I don't necessarily think it has to be a four-year degree anymore, even though I grew up in a family that 
that was what I was going to do. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't believe that much as much anymore. I think you have to have some type of trade or skill or plan or something. But I think as much as anything for me, college was important because it helped teach me responsibility and um, it, it helped me make connections. Um, but I don't think we have to get stuck in that rut of thinking that we have to do exactly what we come out of college thinking that we're going to do. And to be honest with you, when I, even when I was in school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. <laughs> and it really wasn't until I got it was time to graduate with my undergrad that I started thinking, what am I going <laughs> to, what am I going to do? I've had fun for four years and I love this degree, but now all the jobs on the job board were either at a, it seems like most of them were working at a swine operation or a poultry operation. And I didn't want to do those. And so I really had, that's when I started looking elsewhere and, you know, one thing led to another for me, those connections that I made in college helped me get that first job that sales job it came from somebody else that heard about the job and let me know about it but I think it's definitely good to get an education but to get one with an open mind if that makes any sense agree completely yeah I, I agree that's that's kind of where I'm sitting right now sadly I'm still going for the four-year degree but uh, you know I see no that's I not sad trade. that's not a bad thing <laughs> <laughs> well, in terms of me being stuck in school and spending a ton of money, oh, it is sad oh, for gotcha. me. But <laughs> okay. no, uh, getting getting more education, as I call it, is always important mm-hmm. for any uh, realm of, of the industry, whether that's agriculture or even, you know, paper sales. I literally was watching The Office just a while ago, so that's why I'm saying that. But <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, Maris, <laughs> it's a great show, I, I have to say. Anyway, moving on, uh, t- tell us a little bit about the farm. Uh, you mentioned what y'all kind of grow, but uh, let's dive more into that. I'm, I'm always interested in other, other people's farms. Okay. Yeah, so um, we keep around 100, 110 head of mom and cows, so we're a beef operation, so... We um, we breed in January, February, and we fall calves, which some people think that's odd. But the the main reason, because I've asked my husband, because I didn't know either, was that we fall calf instead of spring calf is because the market usually this year would be different. Um, usually the markets are better for selling around here in the spring. So we typically sell in May. Out this year is a different year. We had to come up with a plan B, but um, again, I'm happy to share that too. But uh, <laughs> so we we fall calf, and then um, we do our like I say, summer is busy with hay. We're getting ground ready now to seed some extra. Um, we came extra ground. We we have a lot of river bottom, and so it's a blessing and a curse. It's great when it's great, but when the river gets out, then we have issues. And we had some very early flooding this year back in, I think it was in February. We had a lot of rain, and the and it flooded, and we had some thorium that we were growing that we were going to cut for hay, and it got flooded and messed up. So half of that's gone, and now we're, we've got some other ground next to us that a neighbor is letting us going to let us tend for just for hay so that's all getting plowed up and has to be reworked and seeded and we'll have some corn going in and we've got some barley we grew some winter barley and um, 
we that's coming up and that'll be ready to cut for hay. I think we're doing some for hay and some for some will actually combine. So it's a little bit of a little bit of everything, not everything, but enough things for just the two of us. We don't have any hired help. That would be me. <laughs> and, and I guess I'm I'm the only affordable help. So um it I've I've learned. I've learned a lot. I've really tried to step up as far as what I do around here. And uh, my husband has been a good teacher. I enjoy learning and being able to drive the tractor and do things that I can do to help. And um, I think I think he appreciates having the help. And the kids are getting older, so our son is 11, and he's definitely of the age where he can start helping and doing more too. So. Uh-huh. He'll, he'll, whether he likes it or not, he's going to be open more here before long. <laughs> that makes sense. I, I can imagine, you know, I, I remember being six or seven and you couldn't tear me away mm-hmm. from, from wanting to farm. And I'm sure, I, I'm sure he's the same way. Just growing up on a farm, that's just something different about it. There's just something different about it. Uh, why, why don't you tell us a little bit about like, what's, what's your favorite job to do on the farm? Yeah, I can do that. My favorite job is raking hay. So um, I say <laughs> the two best gifts my husband has ever given me was a cab tractor. We both got cab tractors. His first cab tractor, he got to you what, what, four or five years ago. So before that, when I was here, we were raking doing hay with two forty three twenty, you know, open cabs. And um, obviously I was raking, so he would have to eat all the dust on my dog. <laughs> <laughs> but then we got we got matching, basically matching, forty four forty. So we we moved up in the world. <laughs> nothing but wow. nothing but big new stuff around here. Um, but I'm happy to have it. So I got a cab hey. tractor with air condition and then last year two years ago, uh it went from a old Vermeer twin rake that I had to manhandle it basically manhandled me. I felt like I was in a fight with it every time I had to use it. And we have so many small fields, so we'd have to pull it in and out, you know, every time we'd go from one field to another. And um, we got one that had hydraulics. So I'm just, yeah, I'm like walking in high cotton now. I just, he said, I'm just uh-huh. totally spoiled. <laughs> I'm happy for it. So I love breaking hay. I love, I call it tractor therapy uh I, I know some of these guys will like y'all probably if you if you're in corn or something and you're out there for hours on end i could see where it would get you know it could get boring and whatnot but none of our equipment is auto steer i didn't even know what that was until i got online and started seeing people talk about it and i think i asked somebody on twitter and like what are you talking about <laughs> like, what what is that um so it doesn't get boring to me. I really just love time in the tractor, and I feel like I don't get enough of it because it's—I mean, I'm not in the tractor a whole lot unless I'm riding on the fender wheel every day, opening gates and helping feed hay and feed the cows. But actual time, just me driving the tractor—I just love it. <laughs> Meredith, I was—I was looking through your Instagram earlier today, I'm preparing for this call. And I, I saw some sheep on there. You—you you didn't mention the sheep. Oh. When you, <laughs> yeah, when you, that, when you told us about the farm, short-lived. <laughs> are the no, sheep well, not the with sheep you anymore? Only here a couple of months. Okay. No. <laughs> that was um, they were the kids' 4-H project, and we'd never done that before. My husband and I have 
neither one of us have ever shown any kind of animal. So we decided this year that we let the kids do a 4-H project and show a sheep. Um, it seemed, I don't know, we were like, they're small and <laughs> whatever, we'll just go with that. So we got the sheep, which was an experience in itself. The first day we spent three hours because as soon as we got home, one of them got off the trailer and we chased it through woods and across the road, across the state line, actually. And um, <laughs> eventually called it and dragged it back home. And, um, and then <laughs> the... The show, bless their hearts, the show got canceled due to the COVID. So, um, so we had to end up, the show was supposed to be in a few weeks or yeah, it was supposed to be sometime soon. We ended up having to go ahead and get rid of them. We just went ahead and sold them with the other, with the other ones in the county. And so they're gone. So that was a short, short, the sheep were short lived here. It was a fun little experiment the, the kids are good they were they were their thing my son they were there they fed them twice a day and took care of them that was their thing and they did good with it but yeah i i'm not a sh- i'm not a i'm not a sheep person the the one picture you posted of your daughter uh walking the lamb and it's it's jumping up in the air <laughs> that is for anybody yeah. I, I i we grew up showing sheep that is that is sheep halter oh, okay. breaking 101 um like that is a if you're gonna if you want to show somebody like hey what's what's it like to halter break a lamb just show them that picture that, picture. Um, that is exactly what it's like <laughs> it was a trip she did good she didn't let it go i mean after we lost it that first time it was just like if we're taking them out whatever you do like whatever you do do not let go of the sheep <laughs> No, but you, you, if it if it flies away, you're going with it. Let it drag you. I don't care. We are not losing the sheep again. Uh, we really thought we were going to, my husband said he thought we were going to have lamb chops. If we couldn't catch it, we were just going to have to shoot it. I don't know. Luckily, anyway, it all worked out. Well, good. I, I make it a point to stay away from animals at all costs unless they're medium rare. Other than that, we, uh, we're, we're all... <laughs> Away. Uh, I, I mean, that's just, I've learned from experiences that animals don't like me and I don't like them. Uh, <laughs> moving on, there's plenty of stories there, oh my. Uh, what, what's your biggest challenges on the farm or, or maybe even just being home stuck with your kids? I probably shouldn't say that. Let's say uh, well, loving to be with your children every day and every yeah. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, yeah. No, you can say that. I definitely feel that way sometimes. I won't won't deny that. That was probably the one thing I missed. If I was going to say I missed something about my previous employment and my previous life, I say, was the um, getting out and being able to interact with other people on a regular basis. I think I realized recently how much I missed that, Um, going to a couple different farm shows this winter and getting to just really spend a lot of one-on-one time talking with people <laughs> it was it was a really big high to be able to do that I kind of realized how much I probably do miss that um uh yeah so I mean there's plenty of challenges here just the biggest challenge is just trying to find the what I call the balance and the imbalance <laughs> there's just so many things I just have a lot going on um and I know everybody does so I, I always feel kind of like I don't want to just throw that out there and all. I've just got to say I'm so busy, but I mean, everybody is, but I really do have 
I do wear a lot of different hats, and some days I just have to um, focus on what needs to be done that day. And some days the farm gets more, some days my husband gets more, some days the kids get more, some days my businesses get more. You know what I'm saying? I just have to try to find that balance and the imbalance because there's never really a true balance. It's just doing the best we can to get through the day, and there's never enough hours. There just never is, but I, I yeah. don't want to be anywhere else either. It's very rewarding. It's like today, we spent, or the last couple of days, we've had some really bad storms come through. So we had a bunch of trees down, and we've just been going out as a family and checking the fences and taking the fencing equipment and the backhoe and the chainsaws and cutting trees and fixing fence. And, you know, we get to the end of the day, and we're like, okay, well, we can check that off. We're like, we've got this list. It feels like of a hundred things that need to be done all at the same time. Cause that's spring, right. For any kind of farm or ranch, but we got cows that need to be worked. We got ground that needs to be worked. We got all these things that need to be done, but you get this one thing done and you check it off and you go home and you're tired, but you work together. I just love that part of it. The most just being able to work together as a family and, see the fruits of our labor and do this together and it's just very rewarding even though it yeah. is challenging well it is i'm sure it is challenging I, I can speak from a personal level here uh i grew up with seven siblings and mom homeschooled oh, yeah. uh all That's of right. us I heard until you. me okay <laughs> right <laughs> yeah she uh that was on uh sharky wasn't it but i'll i'll tell the story yeah. again I, I enjoy it but uh you know, mom homeschooled five kids, and I was the last one. And then for some reason, I don't know why, she uh, switched <laughs> to public school. And the, my three younger siblings went to public school. So I can see it might be some sort of a stressing level, but I, I think I was definitely right. not the, the cause of that for sure. <laughs> you know, it is what yeah. it is. But I, I, didn't, I didn't mention that. I, I mean, I do homeschool, too, so we're doing that, too. I should put that one in there. <laughs> we homeschool, too. <laughs> talk about another tractor on the farm um that you you didn't mention earlier um and it's it's no, I it has a name um i think when any time a tractor yeah. has a name it's important um and that's the gleaner um yeah. not a lot of gleaners driving around <laughs> that's because most of them are broke yeah. down um, um tell us tell us about the gleaner uh, it's it's i guess it's kind of youtube famous it's got a couple videos about it um so tell tell us about gertie yeah the 41 year old gertie <laughs> Yes, Gertie. Um, so a couple of years ago, we had been raising some silage corn um, and then a little bit of other corn. And we were using a combine from a neighboring farmer who was a dairyman. And he went out of business and just last year. So we lost use of his combine and 
we still wanted to raise some corn. We wanted to try to raise a little bit more corn than we've been raising. So my husband started looking, and he really just, he wanted a gleaner. Of course, I didn't know anything about any of them. I know nothing about a combine or a gleaner or, or whatever. I, I just didn't know anything about them. So he found one. And another thing with that is that we have a gleaner, not an actual, they're not a dealer, but they are, a, um, like, they don't sell new gleaners. They sell used gleaners and parts. But they're very reputable and reliable and not very far from us. And um, he knew that because there's several guys in our area that have gleaners. So there's a little there's a little hot spot here. <laughs> there's a few around. Um, so that's what he had his eye on, and he found one, and it was affordable. <laughs> Forty years old at, when we got it, and um, so that came came to be with us, and it was like December a year and a half ago, and. So we worked on it that next summer, last summer, and got it going. And yes, I I documented all that through some YouTube videos. Um, it was the very hottest part of summer <laughs> when we were getting it fixed. We spent a couple weeks together doing that. <laughs> that was, that was, that'll test a marriage as much as working cows. But it went well, and we got Gertie all fixed up, and then it just it culminated and seeing her go and I videoed that and that was when I cried I cried in the cornfield it was I don't know it was just very um it was just a really special moment to see her go and I mean she really did a great job I know there's a lot of people out there that talk a bunch of junk about them but I'm going to tell you she did a great job and we had other people and we did some beans with her and the guy that came to pick up the beans said he hadn't seen beans like clean and anyway it made my husband feel good it made me feel good she did she did her job she's gonna hopefully do her job again this year i'm not gonna say we didn't have any hiccups or breakdowns i mean we had some of course but um she's still here and it was it's just been a good experience so yes i talk a lot about her <laughs> and, <laughs> i don't know pretty we're proud of our gleaner. We, you know, we're just, we do, we make do with what we have and what we can. And I mean, things are paid for and we just, yeah. my husband is a very good mechanic and he, he enjoys having equipment that he can work on. And, you know, that's just kind of how we farm. So there's, you, you know, know, Meredith, the way I see it. Yeah, I agree. The, the way I see it now, it's taken a few months or, or a year close to, to get in this perspective because I've, I'm a young hotshot or whatever, but right. the way I see it, no matter if you're, if you're, if you're farming with, you know, a garden or an acre or 10,000 acres mm -hmm. or a hundred thousand acres mm -hmm. or, you know, a whole state, it's literally living mm -hmm. the dream. And, and that's what right. I think is important. It's easy for our farmers. I mean, I, I, I get it all day, every day. I get uh, direct messages of people saying, you should try this. You should do this. Or your oh, equipment yeah. isn't good enough. You know, there's there's a ton of negativity Try within the now. agricultural <laughs> realm. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it just seems like everyone's got their own uh, opinion about it. But at the end of the day, I wish they'd all just realize that you know we're living the dream. We're we're farmers. We're we're ranchers. We're all we're in this in together. Like yes, ma'am. I just wish we could all get but, that too through our heads. We're all I, I wish together. I just Everybody's to... doing their best. Mm -hmm. 
Meredith, you I mentioned. Just had to, I just had to say that. Sorry, Wade. No, no I'm you're glad good. You Meredith, you mentioned YouTube, and and you're no stranger to to any of the social medias, be it Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you're you're pretty active on all of them, and you've got quite the following. Um, when did when did you make the decision to to go public with your ag story and really really get out there mm-hmm. and share what y'all were doing there in North Carolina? Um, yeah, so really when all that kind of started was when I quit my job and came home. Um, well, at that time, really, Facebook was kind of the only platform I was on. In fact, I don't think Instagram had been around very long. <laughs> um, but I, when I came home, I realized I had a couple of passions that I didn't really, I never tapped into. And, and I started doing photography and then I started blogging or writing on a blog. I just, I came home from church one day and I said, I just really feel like I want to write something. <laughs> I feel like I need to just start sharing stuff. So I did. I just created a free WordPress site and started writing. And I didn't even know I really had that in me. And um, one thing just kind of led to another. And uh, it was probably, hmm, it's probably been four four years ago or so, I guess, when I really started sharing more. And what I found was when I would write, I would relate farm life to life in general and just just sharing what was going on in the farm and what I was learning and life lessons. And I feel like people just started relating to that. And I got a lot of good feedback and people wanted to hear more and see more. So I said, okay, well, I'll start sharing more, I guess. Um, Whether it's from people that grew up on a farm and and are not on the farm anymore and they kind of related you know they were it was taking them back to a childhood or and I still have a lot of people that follow me that are in that category and then there's the category of people that have never stepped foot on the farm and and are being taught and seeing things that they've never been exposed to and they're you know they're learning kind of along with me um so I started sharing more on Facebook, and then um, I got on Ag Twitter and kind of grew a following there and found a community there and made some connections there and, you know, I don't know, get on a podcast here or there and then start doing some writing for some magazines, and um, I was featured on the Farm Her TV show. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, It's on RFD TV. They came out and videoed a a segment here for one of those shows and um and then uh it was really uh, three years ago or so I decided to start putting some little videos out I just I saw other people starting to do some of that there wasn't much of it then as far as farm YouTube or farm tube as YouTube actually calls it now <laughs> um but I tried, I did a few and I just wasn't really sure about it. And I did it. I think I did three or four and then I didn't touch it for a year. And I had several people encouraging me to pick it back up and give it another go and start doing more. So I did about a year and a half ago and just started getting really consistent and putting, putting things out more frequently. And it's just a grind. <laughs> and I, I, Let's see, a year or so ago, I really didn't have a big following at all on Instagram, and I just, I really kind of backed away from Twitter. I just, it was just a personal preference. I found what I found, 
I felt like Instagram for me was more of a happy place and an encouraging place. And, um, I wanted to kind of grow a community there and find more people there. And so I, I didn't have some, I didn't have some big plan. I didn't take some expensive course or anything like that. I just, honestly, I just started showing up and engaging with people and sharing more. And, uh, that's, you know, when you show up, things happen, you find your people. So I feel like that has happened and I really do enjoy spending time on Instagram and with that community and, and my YouTube and every platform is completely different. You just got different, you got different groups of people and it's really kind of intriguing sometimes to look at how some of, you know, the way they differ and people respond differently on those different platforms. But it's fun. YouTube has become a fun thing for me too. I feel like I have a family over there. You know, they're just encouraging comments and just really enjoy seeing what's going on. And they, they feel like, I feel like they, a lot of my viewers feel like they're a part of their family. And I love that. I think that's great. Um, in a way I really see this as I told my husband recently, it's kind of like, um, agritourism it's like a different form of agritourism so we're inviting people to the farm but we're not actually having to allow people here physically but we're inviting them into the farm daily and they're being taken along for the ride of you know the ins and outs the good the bad the highs the lows and and the butter <laughs> and the cooking and everything <laughs> because we want the kids and the, the, the animals the dogs they like my dog and they like me and the bottle calf, Elmo, and, and the Gertie, and all that. So, Has anyone ever asked you if you'd open up a restaurant or a cafe? Yeah, some, some people have said I should. I, yeah, I've had people say that. I'm like, that sounds like way too much work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it so does. Right. It does. <laughs> I mean, that would be, that would, no way, no way. I'm like, just, uh, just come I, see me, I'll cook you a steak. <laughs> I, I was, I was actually yeah. looking at your cast iron steak and smashed potatoes recipe uh, mm. before, before yeah. we got on air here. And uh, I'm going to have good. to try it now. I do the same thing, but not as much butter and not as much uh, <laughs> steak seasoning. I, I just use salt and pepper, but I think I'm going to uh, have to, okay. I'm going to have to yeah. shoot for it. Yeah, the more butter, the better. You know, you only live once. So for, Might as well. That is right. <laughs> Amen. So for those who are listening who may not know, Meredith is pretty well known for using butter on, on just about anything, even butter <laughs> itself, on uh, Instagram at least. On And <laughs> so what, would you explain uh, where did butter – I mean, I'm just curious. How much butter do you have? On 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 uh, hand on a normal day. <laughs> oh, it's yeah on a normal day. No, I don't. I, I know people are like you must you must have a freezer full of butter. No, I I've only got a few pounds of butter in my freezer. Um, only just, I don't. Just a I don't few even. Pounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's not much. Um, it really got bad when I started leaving it on the counter because I didn't used to do that, and then I learned from my YouTube viewers and Instagram fam that you need to have room temp butter all the time. So now I'm constantly in there swiping a saltine across the for, across the soft butter. That if you've never done that, huh. you need to do that as soon as we hang up. It's oil. Huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Uh, and the whole cooking thing is funny because I don't, I, 
I mean, I had two grandmothers that were amazing cooks, and I wish I had paid much more attention to them when I was younger, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, my mom was not, like, an amazing cook. She was, she would, she cooked fine, but <laughs> she wasn't some major chef. Uh, my husband taught me a lot. My husband actually taught me how to, to fry steaks like that, to cook steaks in the skillet. I will give him that credit. He says I don't give him credit for that. So there you go. Ding, ding. Um, <laughs> but I've just, I've just kind of taught myself over the past 10 years or so in the kitchen. Just I'm not good, and I say this a lot in my vlogs, but I'm not good at following directions. I'm not a good baker. I don't bake a lot because I'm not good at, I don't, I don't have any patience for measuring and <laughs> that kind of thing. I just want to be able to throw something together and have supper. And so what I've learned is that you can cook that way. You can cook good that way. You don't have to follow uh -huh. strict guidelines and recipes. You know, you can make stuff your own and you can experiment with things. And I mean, some nights it might be better than others, but then every now and then you get little you know, something amazing will come out. And then my husband's like, write it down right now because you'll forget what you did. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm like, yeah, I know I better do that because I can't remember anything. Um, but, and I just enjoy encouraging people to do that too, to just understand that, you, I mean, you can cook. Everybody can cook. Everybody can be a good cook. You don't have to be a skilled chef. You don't have to have fancy ingredients because I don't. I shop at the Piggly Wiggly. I mean, I'm, if if I can't pronounce it or find it for Piggly Wiggly, I'm not cooking with it. So it's just beef and cheese and butter and you know all the all the normal things <laughs> that most people. Hey, Amen. Safe. <laughs> safe to say there won't be any vegetarians in your house in terms of people no. growing up with them, right? That, that Amen. Well. They would be hungry. Oh, <laughs> right on, right on. So let, let's backtrack a little bit to the social media. Um, I believe, if, if our research is right, you've got over a hundred thousand total followers on uh, four different platforms of social media. Is that right? That sounds about right. Probably. Does that kind of freak you out, knowing that That's kind you of have? Crazy. Yeah. You, well, I mean, you've got such a reach. Yeah. I mean, agriculture, I mean, it's it's our show. It's advocates. But, I mean, right. that's such a huge reach. Does that kind of creep you out? Or not creep you out. Let me restart. Does that kind of freak you out knowing that when you post a story or maybe put up a video on YouTube or maybe even just some, write something silly on Twitter that there's a yeah. possibility that over 100,000 people are going to see that, like it or comment, comment it, or even disagree? Or have you thought right. into that much? Yeah. No, I've thought into it. I've thought into it more probably in the past several months, especially since my YouTube has increased just um, and Instagram. Um, I think, if anything, it's more of a wait <laughs> at times. You know, like there's more responsibility, and um, I don't take it lightly. So I want to be... I want to be a source of encouragement, but I also want to be able to still keep it real. You know, I want to be me, um, and I want people to be able to relate. I want to encourage. So sometimes it can get heavy. It is. It can. I mean, I don't know how to say it. It can be heavy because it is a lot of eyes and ears. And, and on my YouTube channel now, I hear more and more. I know there's young children that watch, which is awesome. And when I first started hearing that, I'm like, really? 
your kids, your grandkids, like, like, yeah, they love watching you and your kids and watching your kids work on the farm and doing what they do. And they love seeing the cows. Um, so it's good though. That's good. And it's good for me to keep that in mind and bear that in mind when I do share to make sure that what I'm sharing is, you know, what I, and I always try to do that. What, what I would be happy with my kids seeing or, you know, um, to try to keep it, to try to keep it a positive, encouraging place everywhere. But yeah, I, I, I never saw any of this coming. I mean, and I, there are still people out there way bigger than me, but I don't take lightly where I'm at and how I got here. And I don't know how I got here. I don't know. I still can't believe because <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'm just a, I'm just a, you know, just a little farm wife out here doing my thing. And I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> Meredith, you mentioned that you, 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 you try to keep things positive. Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer that if, you, if you're doing something right, there's going to be some haters out there, um, and bring them on. Yeah. Um, how, how do you handle the negativity and, and those folks that, that just kind of want to beat you down? Right. Um, well, that's an ongoing thing that I'm having to learn to just deal with or get over. My husband is much better at that than me. (laughs) We're opposites in a lot of ways. And, you know, I'll get upset about something. He's like, why, you know, why are you letting it bother you? Because it's how I'm made. I'm a people pleaser by nature. And so I have at times really let that beat me down. Um, I didn't, I wasn't expecting it, I guess, in some places. Twitter is one thing, you know, but mm-hmm. YouTube, I, I didn't, I didn't know what the, the community would be like there. And when I say that, I get, let's say there's 300 comments on a video. Well, 295 of them may be positive, but if there's five that aren't, like those are the ones that will stick out in my head, you know, and those are the ones that I'll replay in my head and think, oh, and I, I mean, I had, I had that happen on Instagram too. I, I got a DM from somebody the other day that said something they didn't like seeing them. They didn't like me talking about or something. And I just, I'm like, I just keep going back to that. I'm like, that's so dumb. I can't do that. We cannot focus. We cannot focus on the haters. We've just got to, and I've learned to block and delete and just let it go because right. we are not going to be liked by everybody. Um, and that's okay. I've, I've heard other big uh, social media people talk about this before, how it's, you know, it's okay to attract and repel because when you're, when we repel some people, then that leaves room for us to, draw in the people that really want to be there and that we can really connect with so we don't want every it's okay we don't want everybody to like us I mean we might want everybody to like us but it's not gonna happen (laughs) so we just have to get comfortable be you know as long as we're as long as we know our truth and we're comfortable and happy with what we're putting out there and we can't let the negative people keep us from sharing and I think that's what a lot of people probably struggle with, and I have too. It is so hard. Still, it's still hard a lot of days to put to push, publish, or post on something, especially if I'm sharing like a piece of me, like something that I've been struggling with, or you know, you're just oh, I don't know how people are going to react to this. It's really hard to do, but every time I it seems like every time I really put myself out there, 
in that vulnerable state is when you get the messages from people saying, wow, I needed to hear this. I can totally relate to this. I'm struggling with this too. And then, you know, it's, it's worth it. So moving on, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally with Wade. That's, uh, that's right on. I, I, I agree with that 100%. We're going to move on to a little bit different, but on a personal perspective, uh, what does life look like 10 years from now? Um, I, I was talking with Wade just a while ago about where I'll be in 10 years with social media, whether or not I'm going to be on it, whether or not I'm going to continue being Farmer Dan, quote unquote, or whatever. Uh, what, what's your thought process on that? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I really don't. I, I think about that sometimes. I think I do. I think, okay, well, I'm, I'm 41 now. I'll be 51. Nobody's going to want to be listening to me when I'm. Nobody's going to want to be still listening to me in 10 years. Maybe I'll just go back oh, to taking pictures or. I don't know. The kids will be older. You know, they'll be. Oh, I don't want to think about it. They'll be, well, at least one of them will probably maybe be out of the house, maybe. I don't know how that'll work. But, um, it's so hard for me to, I don't know, because I look, I look just six years ago and everything's so different than it was then that I didn't see coming or happening or evolving into what it has. And so I hope I can still be sharing in some capacity, you know. I mean, maybe that, maybe by the 10 years from now, I'll be able to actually sit down and write a book. I really do want to write something. I don't know what, but I'd love to have a cookbook. I'd rather, I'd love to have a, I'd love to have about three different kind of books. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I hope I can still be sharing, but I do go through those questions, go through my mind, you know, I'm, you, you look at, well, 10 years from now, there'll be somebody else that'll be that'll be coming up and doing, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a very good planner. I'm a, I'm a fly by the seat of my pantser. <laughs> I just kind of, that's just been my life. I just kind of go from one thing to another as it, as it comes and just kind of go with it and ride it while it's good. And then kind of let God take me where else. He wants me to be. What he well, wants me to be doing. And... I'm. I'm all about letting God take me where I need to go, but I also want Him to <laughs> give it to me in a piece of paper so I know what I'm doing. Because I can't do oh, things on plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. oh, for sure. Well, that's fine. I mean, I've wanted those notes, but they haven't fallen out of the sky yet. So <laughs> you know, it'd be Hopefully. nice if, if he could do that. <laughs> but I've so asked. far, I don't. <laughs> I guess it's not up to not up to us, is it? <laughs> Moving on, Meredith. Uh, we're we're gonna start the rapid fire questions. I think Wade's gonna lead off, and this this is a favorite segment of mine. It's kind of fun to put you on the spot about some funny, uh, lighthearted questions. And so, Wade, you want to take it away? Absolutely. Uh, question number one: Besides butter, okay. what is your favorite ingredient to cook with? Besides butter, oh, gosh really hard um <laughs> well beef i mean everything i do is with beef does that count or does there you go. absolutely count? absolutely okay all right all right now it's, it's, it's my turn uh 
You're marooned on an island, and you can only have the item on the left of you. What would it be? On the left of me? Yes, ma'am. Like where I'm sitting right now? Yes, Uh, (laughs) ma'am. Sitting in my truck in a pasture. (laughs) 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 There's a barn, uh, a truck door, and there's a barn. (laughs) That'll work. (laughs) That'll work. I love it. I had to go where I had cell service. I can't talk from my house, so this is what you got. I'm looking at whatever you need to do. Meredith, you, you said that Instagram is your happy place. Uh, what is your favorite non-agriculture Instagram account to follow? Oh, that's a good one. You're going to have to give me a second. <laughs> Who would that be? Um, she's non-ag. I, I have a friend named Lisa Jo Baker, and she's not ag-related. She's a writer and blogger and just an all-around amazing lady that encourages me a lot with her post. So y'all should check her out. Lisa Jo Baker. Okay. <laughs> Dan, what about you? <sighs> okay, so not to be political, but I absolutely uh-huh. love following <laughs> Donald Trump, Donald J. Trump Jr., <laughs> He posts memes. He had a meme a while ago about our president. And it's just funny to think that he's sharing memes about his own dad that also is the president. And it's just, he, he makes me laugh I actually, all the time. So. I actually recently just started following him for his memes, too. I saw the mullet one a little while ago. He, he has one about uh, some tiger movie, I think, on Netflix It's a tiger, or yeah. I don't and, know either. I don't watch it either, but yeah. Yeah. And... I refuse to watch it, but uh, moving on, Wade, what about you? I don't have a one particular account, but there's a lot of uh, college athletic programs that hire creative interns or have, have college students on staff that take some real cool pictures. Um, I, not to, I mean, Brandon uh, Breiger from, from Brownfield's one of them. He's also a cotton farmer, so that's kind mm-hmm. of an, an ag crossover, but a lot of cool photography stuff going on with that, that little niche on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. shout out to Brandon Breger. Yeah, he's he's got some good stuff. I love his pictures. I wanted to check that out. All right. It's all it's all Texan related too, and so that always helps, even if he is a, okay. a tech guy. Yeah. Oh well, can I say <laughs> something about Texas? Let me say something. Yes, then. ma'am. Uh, this is you probably you don't you don't have to include this, but that just made me think. We might have to kick in... you out. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in was I high school. When I was in high school, I was infatuated with Texas. Like, it was the only place I wanted to go. I subscribed, or I sent off, somehow, anyway, I got the Texas, <laughs> so stupid to say, the Texas, like, state, um, what do they call it? Like, a book for the state? There's a name for this. Like, the, the well, visitor guide or visitor pamphlet thing. It was really thick, though. Uh-huh. It was this whole book about Texas and I would just flip through it and I just wanted to move to Texas and find a cowboy and live in Texas and that didn't happen but <laughs> anyway <laughs> I used to I just well, dreamed about moving to Texas and I did finally get to go when I was in college I went with the animal science club I got to go to Fort Worth and that was amazing that was fun um and I've got to go a couple other times since but 
I think Texas is pretty cool. We agree. I I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I mean, not to. I mean, seriously, what happened to your dream there? I mean, that sounds like a a win win kind of solution. Move to Texas. Cowboy, not so much. Us Texans farmers, we're we're pretty much the top of the line. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to get myself in trouble. Let me move on. Uh, Meredith, the last question that we have is: is you 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 grew up with no real farming background? What kind of led you to the to fall in love with ag, so to speak? Mm. Um. It's hard to put in words, but there's just something about this lifestyle and seeing um, the cycle of life here through the animals and just and through the crops and the as the rewards that come from the hard work that you put into it and getting to see that come out in a finished product and just I mean and now that I have a family here and being able to raise kids this way I just can't imagine doing anything different I really to think I really get upset if I think that I would have to to leave this or or not be able to for this not to be my office anymore you know to be kind of stuck somewhere else doing something else it's um there's some things that money can't buy and I just feel like this is one of them amen I love it I love it. Wow. Uh, Meredith, I, I want to thank you for coming on our show. Uh, th- I've been looking forward to this for a while. I was pretty actually kind of nervous uh, beforehand, but I think I've kind of uh, oh, got no. back in the ease. <laughs> but, Don't be nervous uh, you know, about me. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of tough not to be, not going to lie. <laughs> uh, no way. <laughs> we've, we've talked I'm about social media person. quite a bit. Yeah, would you mind telling our our listeners where to find you, uh, whether it be websites or or social media platforms? Sure. Sure. My website is thisfarmwife.com, and you can find all my links on there, but you can also find me at thisfarmwife on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, so that's good. And and my YouTube channel is thisfarmwife, too, so it's pretty easy to find me. Folks, those those links will be down in the show notes. Uh, be sure and check out all of Meredith's stuff. It's great content, no matter what platform you you tend to call your favorite. Uh, Dan, close it out for us. Meredith, at the end, we always like to ask our guests to to leave with something for for our listeners. You know, something inspirational, maybe, or or maybe just a final thought about agriculture as a whole. Do you ha- do you have something to say? Um. I'll just say what I say. I feel like I've said a million times, probably. The one thing that I hope comes across and things that I share and say and do um, is just to encourage you, to whoever's listening, in whatever walk of life you're in, to just know that your story matters and you matter. And we are, as I've already said earlier, we are all in this together, Where whether it's as farmers or just humanity and of all times with everything that's going on right now I think it's important to remember that we're in this together and your story matters and if you can tell it tell it you know I think it I think we all have a story to share and we all have a lot more in common than we realize amen I love it 
Wow. Uh, this has been great. I, I really appreciate you coming on our show, Meredith. It's, uh, it's been a learning experience for me. I, I love stories. I love just getting to hear people talk, and and this has definitely been uh, one of those one of those podcast episodes where where that happens, and and I love it. Meredith, thanks for coming on. Dan, we'll visit with you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Advocates. Be sure and check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages to see who we'll feature next. On behalf of Dan. I'm Wade. We'll see you next time.